on this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock. We covered a bunch of new organic updates from Google, and Shep gave the newest update a name. We talked about Pinterest's newest, awesomely named ad unit. Shep was quite on brand when she selected her ideal celebrity, Alexa Voice. And Greg wrote us a poem to explain the drop in schema reviews in Google. All on today's show. Marketing O'Clock is your weekly dose of digital marketing news. We record live every Friday from the Cypress North Studios located in beautiful Buffalo, New York. Join us each week for insights, updates, rants, and much more as we cover the full gamut of digital marketing for you. Hey there, I'm Greg Finn. And I'm Christine Zernheld. A.K.A. Shep. And it is officially Marketing O'Clock. Here on September 27th, 2019. Remember, you can catch our Famous Friday news shows each and every Friday morning. We read all the news. So you don't have to. And if you want to follow along with us, just check out our show notes. Head over to marketingoclock.com for all the links from today's article. And please subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Yep. What's first in the news this week? So first in the news this week, Pinterest announced new Shop the Look collection ads that let brands promote multiple items in one ad. Just like organic Shop the Look pins and... Advertisers can tag up to 25 items in an image and shoppers will see a preview showcase of up to four items and can click through to see more. I think this might be the best name for an ad unit ever. Shop the look. Shop the look. Who's not going to want to, if you come to a client and pitch them and say, we're going to do some shop the look pins, who's going to say no? It kind of puts it in a box though. Like you could use this for things other than fashion. That's true. But it's still a good name. Yeah. I name a better name. I wish it, it was L-E-W-K. What is it? Is Outstream ads? Does that beat it? No, that's okay. super boring. <laughs> Native? <laughs> like beat, beat a better ad name. I, I would just spell it L-E-W-K. Shop the look. Oh, okay. A little more fun. You just beat it right there. <laughs> so when you click on one of these ads, you can continue on to the brand's website to make a purchase. And in addition to this, Pinterest also announced new features that will allow advertisers to customize their profile page, including a new shop tab, which sounds cool as well. And users can browse products directly from Pinterest and purchase them on the brand's website. Did you look at the ad that they showed? They had animated GIF over on the Pinterest newsroom. Yes, I did. I wish, what do you have to say about it? Well, first off, it's from a company named Fabletix. And the, <laughs> Athletics. It's spelled Fabletix. And it looks like they stole the Fanatics logo. So anyway, Fabletix has a pin, but it's not a look. The pin is just leggings. That's what I'm saying. That's why Shop the Look is a little misleading. Like you okay. could use it for anything. And Fabletix is going to be really <laughs> glad you're talking about them because they're just really trying to get this off the ground. Like they've partnered with so many famous people and i'm just i have no interest in subscribing then, do you know what it is of oh, fable ticks yeah no i just know that it's almost <laughs> the same as fan, uh, fanatics and it has the same f looking thing like a flag i don't even think i know what fanatics is is it like sports gear yeah it's the one of the biggest sports gear websites oh. Well, so what what is Fabletix doing? Basically, it's one of those subscription things where you get like a new pair of leggings every month but how many leggings does a girl need or a guy Two? I don't know. I don't know. No answer. But Kate Hudson thinks I need a lot. Okay. Well, there you go. So what else is going on this week? So from one new feature on Pinterest to another new feature on Google, Google has launched some more control with the way your search display will be displayed in the listings. Jeff, if there's one thing I love as a marketer, what is it? 
Data. Data and control. Ooh. I like having more control of things, and that's something that we've kind of poo-pooed Google about to the fact that a lot of times we, th we see things taken away, but Google is giving us control back with some new made-up robots tags that you can use on your page, and then something even better that I'm going to get to in a second. So first off, there was a robots made a tag that previously existed called the no snippet tag. And you could say, hey, do not show anything, any snippets with my listing. Now there's something. You basically can control how long or how large a snippet should be. So you could say that the max snippet number should be this. So only show this much in my snippet if you really want to keep it concise. I don't know why, but hey, there you go. You can also say how many Seconds should show an animated video preview. So if you don't want to give everything away, you can say, here's the maximum duration in seconds of that preview. And then lastly, you can say how big an image should be. So you can have, if you want to have the maximum image size, you can combine all this together. So you can make a big tag that says meta name equals robots, content, max snippet 50, max image preview large. So that would be, you have 50, 50 characters in your snippet and you show max is a large image. It's lots of control. Lots of control. It doesn't really do much. Here's where the real control comes in. The mm -hmm. best part of the update is a new HTML attribute called data no snippet. Okay? And so what you can do here is you can use this on a span, a div, or some kind of section element and you can prevent that part of this page to show in that textual snippet in the search engine results pages. That all sounded really technical, but let's say that we've got a page that's very important to us, and we don't want a certain call to action to show up in the snippets that Google uses in the search engine results pages. We can then put that data no snippet around that section, and it should not pull in to the search engine results pages, which is great. I love it. That makes me think of like our about me pages on our Cypress North website. So you just want to get rid of your stuff, yeah, or your maybe, embarrassing stuff. Is that what I, yeah, you're do? maybe we don't need to pull into search results. Like she knows a lot about murder. You know, we could <laughs> yeah. just skip that. Yeah, and data no snippet the murder part. <laughs> so you can use it for that. Anything like legalese, footer text, ad text. If you've got text, ad, you know, ads on there with spon you know, a sponsored no follow link on there or anything in general that you don't want to show up. So this is really cool, and I'm just going to say it. PTAG, the official take from Marketing Clock, is that this is span data, no snippet, hacking and span. Great <laughs> if you have the dev resources to execute and PTAG. Hacking great. You heard it here first, folks. Nope, not the hacking part. Not in, the, not in the search engine results pages, folks. Also this week, Google announced the launch of new video reach campaigns, which they described as a simpler, more efficient way for marketers to achieve their brand awareness goals with YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I saw brand awareness and I wanted to be like, oh my gosh, WTH. But I kept reading and this actually seems pretty cool. So rather than managing separate campaigns for six-second bumper ads, skippable in-stream ads, or non-skippable in-stream ads, you can upload multiple video creatives into a single campaign. And from there, machine learning will automatically serve the most efficient combination of these formats to help you reach your audiences at scale. So this seems like an awesome tool if you're launching the video campaign for the first time and you want to see what assets are working the best and you can break out different ones into their own campaign if they're working well. I think this is great. Yep. And they had another announcement that marketers can purchase the YouTube masthead ads on TV screens on a cost per thousand basis. And I love that. Mm -hmm. My thought was the future is today. 
I very much dislike the traditional TV buying process. And Google actually experimented in running Dish TV ads a long time ago. Ran some of them. It was okay. But the ability to use some kind of modern ad platform and have big, important ads show up on TV screens is really cool. So I love the fact that you can own a masthead on a TV screen. Mm-hmm. I mean, the cost per thousand isn't necessarily my favorite, but you can do it. It's awesome. The future is today. And the thought that maybe you could drive engagement with these and link right to your site. That could be awesome. So looking forward to experimenting with those in the future. All right. Another update in the main news comes from Google as they are releasing a broad core update on September 24th from Danny Sullivan on his at search liaison account. He put out the tweet on the 24th saying later today, we are, we are releasing a broad core algorithm update as we do several times a year. It is called September 2019 core update. Our guidance about such update remains as we've covered before. So Shep, the name is September broad core update. At first I liked the no names. Then I think it was Brett Tabke over at, what was it, PubCon Florida? He had called it Maverick, which I just, oh, no, no, in Florida, he called it Florida. <laughs> then he called it, he called it Maverick. It's other, he called it Florida too in Florida. Then he called it Maverick. I, I love the names. We need to give it a name. So I've got a couple names out here. I think I one have some too. generic one would be something just with fall. So we say it's the September spooky broadcore update. I thought of that too. Okay, nice. And then another one might be something to do with What's happening today? And I think an easy one would be the September Buffalo Bills Broadcore update as they are three and out. Who wouldn't like that? Oh, it was My the Bills husband update. would love it. Okay. So do you have any ideas on the name? Okay. I had a couple. Okay. First of all, it's hurricane season. Uh-oh. We could go that route. So Bet this- in the hatches. <laughs> What's a hatch? <laughs> if this is the first one we went with, if this is the first one we named, we could go alphabetically with names just like they do with hurricanes. I love it. So I was going to say, I'll go update Albert. Albert. Got okay. with an A. Sounds royal. Yeah. Prince Albert. I like the royal names. Okay. I was also thinking baby bud due date update. That's nice. That was the day Jess was due. Yes, the jack bud. Yeah. I like it. He ended up coming a little earlier, but. Still. She marked it on the calendar. That's why I remembered. Yeah, that's, that's a due date. <laughs> and then I also thought like. You know, I'm a big disco fan. Wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) It's world's largest disco season. Um, Oh, I didn't know it was whole season. Yeah, so here in Buffalo, um, if you haven't heard, the world's largest disco comes to town the Saturday after Thanksgiving every year. It's a wonderful event. So I was thinking we could call it the Earth, Wind, and Fire update. Mm. Like the Core Algo update from September. That's perfect. (laughs) I think that's it. The Earth, Wind, and Fire update. <laughs> Thanks, and now I've sung again on the show. All right. So I guess what you're probably thinking might be, what does this update, the Earth, Wind, and Fire update, <laughs> actually do? And you can, we head over to, he's not a meteorologist, Glenn Gabe, but he is a serpiologist. Serpiologist? Something like Serpologist. Serpologist. Glenn Gabe, at Glenn Gabe on Twitter. And he already has some context as to who's being hit and where the movement is occurring. One tweet, he talked about the fact that, to no surprise, there's a lot of volatility in the health slash medical space. Then he showed a few other examples. Very well health is starting to drop, along with Dr. Axe, who has been in many of these other drops in these algo updates. 
He says, then examine is increasing with the update. And I noticed several alt health sites increasing too. Not all that dropped previously, but some. Google is turning the dial with its health medical algos. I had a feeling that it would. So to me, it smells like big pharma's after Dr. Axe. <laughs> Um, but if you want to know what this is actually going to do, follow Glenn Gabe on Twitter. He's he's always got his finger right on the pulse of these updates. And that brings us to this week's take of the week. This is a saucy hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra spice served up for you. This week's take comes from Richard Baxter at Richard Baxter on Twitter. Nice and easy for you. And Richard says, nothing says an SEO updated this more than adding in 2019 to the article title. Hashtag fire. Hashtag fire. I thought this was funny, and I really liked the responses, too. <laughs> There's some good ones in there. So Will Kennard at Richard, he responded to Richard Baxter. He's at Will Kennard on Twitter. He says, preps 2020 article. And then John Mueller responded and said, nothing like having a clear 2020 vision. That was really good. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. We got to put that in in post there. And then somebody in one of these threads said that they did it monthly. That's an They added the month to the article. What are you doing? I don't know. And now it's time for this week's lightning round. Pew, pew. At this point in the show, we split up our content into two parts, paid and... Non-paid. I cover everything to do with advertising, a.k.a. paid, and Greg covers the organic, a.k.a. Non-paid. Here's what's happening in the paid universe this week. First up, we have a reorg alert. Sources say Google ads is shaking things up. As we know, they've, and we've talked about on the show, Google is in the midst of four antitrust investigations, and they're also in trouble with the FTC for those child privacy law violations. So it looks like maybe with these changes, they're trying to prevent issues like that in the future. And to quote the article, the company will now be set up as four concentric circles. If you want more info on that, you can check out the article in our show notes. But also notably, they've named a new head of measurement and a head of privacy, which are two brand new positions for Google Ads. Can I make a recommendation here? I'd love one. A head of support. Head of customer support, <laughs> I knew what please. was going there. A head of customer support, customer satisfaction, and customer success. And he should have a phone on his desk with like a direct line that only you have access to. No, everybody should have access to this. Everybody should have access to this person, whoever they are. Yeah. More Greg Finn insights over for Google Ads. So more news from Google. Advertisers who have store visit measurements in their Google Ads accounts can now incorporate store visit data into their smart bidding strategy. So if you want more foot traffic in your store, you can now use Google's machine learning to achieve your goals. This can be implemented at the campaign or account level for search campaigns. And it's apparently available for shopping campaigns as well. But you'll have to contact your Google Ads rep to set that up because it does not explain how to do so in the article. Yep, back to my previous <laughs> job posting that I had That's for what I'm you. saying. You just need a phone that goes right to the guy's desk. And with the store visits, it's something you should take with caution, I'd say. You know, if you're doing something and you're running remarketing campaigns and you're optimizing towards store visits, they might already be there or it might be something mm -hmm. really good for you. The store visits, I've seen it a little bit touch and go, but um, if you if that metric does appear to be working properly for you, really cool. Awesome. Next up, Reddit announced three new video ad updates on Wednesday. First, they 
announced new video ad sizes. So they now support one, one square and four or five vertical video sizes. And this will allow advertisers to use video ads that they're running on other platforms and just use the same assets right on Reddit, which is awesome. They also announced optional referral URLs for CPV campaigns and mobile landing pages for video where a user can click on an in-feed video ad on Reddit's mobile platform, and then they'll be redirected to a website where the ad continues to play uninterrupted alongside other branding and product information from the advertiser. That's cool. It looks really cool. Like I bet some tech companies are going to do crazy stuff with this. Yeah, I like I like that. No, no friction in in the click click post click mm-hmm. there. I want to see what people do with that. All right, and in regards to the article, in case you're one of the people that didn't read it. <laughs> I don't know if that's proper grammar, (laughs) but it appears that this is live now, that it is moving forward. These changes are active. So if you're running Reddit ads, check it out. And finally in paid, Snapchat announced some new features for advertisers this week as well. First, Snap ads can now run up to three minutes long for their video ads. Do you know how long the old limit was no 10 seconds well that's a big yeah, jump <laughs> a huge jump so i don't know who's going to be watching them my little cousins who like to snapchat me streaks but won't be me <laughs> and users are now able to swipe up on snapchat commercials these ads were previously not interactive at all but now you can link a web view long form video or a camera attachment so that'll be nice some more interaction there and finally they announced that we're getting a new bidding option. So we can now optimize for longer 15 second video views on Snapchat. I like that. They're like, Hey, now you can go more than 10 seconds. Oh, and you're going to optimize for 15 seconds more. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So lots of new little updates in the paid universe this week. What's going on in non-paid? Oh, we've got a lot in non-paid. And first up is another new feature from Google where search console data will now show on the same day. Yay. Near real time. (laughs) This is big for publishers and really anybody out there that's just super anal and wants to check their stats all day long. Mm-hmm. You can now see it of that day. And from the article, Matt Southern over at Search Engine Journal said it best that you can now see a site's weekend performance on Monday morning rather than waiting till Wednesday. You can check on site stats first thing in the morning or even during important days such as holidays, global events, shopping days, and best yet. You can check whether site traffic is rebounded after fixing technical issues same day. So kudos. We've got lots of great stuff this week coming from Google's. Google, we should give them their due. All right, next on the list is a new feature from Twitter where you can swipe for lists. And while you're on the Twitter home screen, by swiping right, you won't find your future lover, <laughs> but you may find content from a list that you love. Isn't that nice? Yes. So instead of showing the main feed, you've got your set list and you want to break it down. Maybe it's people you don't follow. Maybe it's just different topics. You can swipe right through and then really customize your news feed towards those lists, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. Twitter lists are great. It's one of the best ways to use Twitter. Okay. And the next article comes from Dr. Peter J. Myers, a.k.a. The Doc, over at Moz. And the name of the article is... Google review stars drop by 14%. And Shep, to recap all this, I wrote a little poem. Okay. A little ode to one of my favorite authors, most controversial authors, and my favorite book, poem, story from them. It's always great when you print something out for the show. (laughs) Yes. I'm all ears. Okay. 
And this is going to explain how we got to this article. My friends, he announced in a voice clear and keen. My name is Sundar Google McBean, and I've heard of your troubles. I've heard you're quite bitter, but I can fix that. I'm the fix-it-up Googler. I've got rich data to help you. I have what you need. The implementation effort is low, and it works at great speed. And this item prop name solution is at data type number 100% guaranteed. Then quickly, Sundar Google McBean put together a very peculiar schema machine. And he said, you want stars like a third-party app? You've got it. Just write them, and we'll show them. Simple as that. Just implement correctly, and you'll hop right aboard. So they all made changes in line. Then all the SERPs roared. They clonked, they blonked, they blurched, and they markuped. It bopped them about, and the thing really worked. When the listing popped out, they all had stars. They actually did. They had stars upon NARS. Then Big G yelled at the ones who gave self-serving reviews. How do we know what's legit, what is true? You can't tell what is self-serving or real, so now you must go back, remove, and repeal. Good grief, groaned the ones who had stars at the first. We're still the best results, and they are the worst. But now, how in the world will we know, they all frowned. How to implement anything from this Google blog post we've just found. <laughs> then up came Google McBean with a very sly wink, and he said, things are not quite as bad as you think. So you don't know what to do, that is perfectly true. But come with me, friends. Do you know what I'll do? We'll remove a good chunk of all the reviews. <laughs> Stars are no longer in style, said Google McBean. What you need is a trip through my star off machine. This wondrous contraption will take off your stars so you won't look like results who have them on theirs. <laughs> and that handy machine working very precisely removed all the stars from the SERPs quite nicely. Then McBean, with his snoot in the air, paraded about as webmasters typed in their queries and let out a shout. He said, we fixed the problem. We've identified review intent. We've cut review schema by 14%. <laughs> Can our listeners hear me snap? <laughs> yep. Wow. All right. So that's... And my... I don't think you spent a lot of time on that. That was really good. Hey, don't tell the people. Don't tell the people about my preparation schedule here. Wow. I'm impressed. Oh. And you know what? For someone who talks a lot about Dr. Seuss, you talk a lot about Dr. Seuss. I do. Fairly. I think you like him. I, I, he's good. When he tries, he's the best. <laughs> Okay, and item prop next here. Facebook has announced Horizon. So innovation is booming over at Facebook. Last week we heard about all the new portal gadgets. And this week we get Facebook Horizon. Horizon is a virtual reality sandbox universe where you can build your own environments and games and then socialize with friends or explore the user-generated landscapes. This is Facebook's take on Second Life so in Horizon, you can turn yourself into what looks like a frozen character while hanging out in your kitchen, and it's super creepy. Nobody has legs. <laughs> I don't understand why nobody has legs. There's a video. We'll put it in, <laughs> the, like... in the blog post over at Marking O'Clock. But there's just a bunch of people hovering at normal heights with no <laughs> legs in this made-up world. I would rather spend my time in a real sandbox. I, this is just crazy. Did you watch the video? Of course I did. I, I'm I am very concerned with the way society is going, in case people couldn't tell. I don't know why this isn't the WTH this week, but there's a woman dancing around 
in the kitchen. While her husband's doing chores. Yeah. He's cooking. Maybe you could help him. There's a hot stove right behind you, and you've got a (laughs) mask over your face. And then she's talking to somebody in this virtual world, and the husband's cooking. He's like, oh, hey, Bob. And it's like, what are you doing? (laughs) Yeah, it, it was crazy. She looked a lot like Kristen Bell. And then there's another couple where the woman is eating cereal with her husband, but just is eating with goggles on her face. And she's drinking her coffee through a crazy straw. Yeah. I drink my coffee through a straw sometimes, but not a crazy straw. That's nuts. Anyway, watch the video. You put goggles on your head and you lose your legs and go into a different dimension. And you can hang out with people there and look any way you want to. While your husband cooks your dinner. Yes. (laughs) But I, I just... I look at this and I, I think of how much crime is going to be committed. You know, it's like, you're just going to, she's got her windows open. There's a huge door there and she's just got a mask on her head. Oh, crimes committed in the real world. Yes. I thought you were saying people would like go into the no legs world and commit some crimes. There too, probably. You could do whatever you want. Into the legless reality, no there's laws. probably going to be no laws there. <laughs> but don't, wouldn't you think if you're a criminal, you might be like, oh, this person puts a mask and, and earbuds in and isn't even present for three hours of their day. I'm just going to hop in there and maybe steal whatever they've got in their real life. Oh, God, I'm worried about the world. I am, too. <laughs> there's also commercials like that, too, for Oculus, where there's just people sitting in a dirty old warehouse in just a chair with Oculus over their eyes. It it's just like- it's not for me. I, the Twilight Zone. The world is perfect. It's fine. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. Well, I, no, it's not perfect, but it's perfectly real. Uh, whatever. And that brings us to our real life segment. Straight out of our accounts and into your ear holes. It's time for working hard or hardly working, where we talk about what is going on in our IRL work, good, bad, or otherwise this week. Shep, what's been happening with your accounts lately? I have a simple one, but I've just been loving labels lately and Google Ads. And Microsoft. I even use um, tags in Facebook Ads Manager a little bit now. You wild child. I know. (laughs) I just love them for everything. Like, I don't make an ad without labeling it. I don't make a campaign without labeling it. We just made a bunch of promotional ads for an account that we're going to have to shut off at the end of the season. And I'll know right where they all are because they're all labeled as promotional ads. And so it just makes it easier, more flexible. Is that what the audience should take away from what's working? Yeah, it's just a good way to keep track of similar things. And you're not just looking at a bunch of stuff on a screen. Like you can sort those promotional ads. I can also sort by the label and compare their performance to our non-promotional ads. It's awesome. I also have a temporarily pause label in all my accounts. So I have to pause something real quick because I'm working on it. I like know right where it was and can label it as active again when I'm done. Just makes life a lot easier. And sometimes I forget about them. Nice. All right. And so what is working well for me isn't necessarily in an ad platform or anything like that. It's Google Discover. I don't know how this happened, (laughs) but one of my clients got into my Google Discover feed and I use Google Discover pretty regularly. And I found some new stuff that they put out and didn't tell us. I was like, oh, that's interesting. And I kept tapping more. I want more of this. And so I started getting more and more information on this specific client, which just helps me stay in the loop as to what's going on and what I should know. A lot of it isn't that important, but it's really cool if you are trying to keep track of a specific client or if it's your company, mm-hmm. you know, throw that as an interest in Google Discover. And if you want more information, just keep, keep hitting more and you get real-time stuff 
they'll deliver you new pages on a site. At least they deliver it to me. So it's something to check out if you're trying to stay in the loop. Yeah, I don't really use it. That's awesome. All right. And now it's time for this week's WTH. And this week's WTH comes from Wired, but really Amazon, is they had an event. And Wired covered everything that Amazon announced. And first off, there's some standard upgrades that they gave us. A new Echo speaker, a new Echo show, watch out portal, <laughs> a new Echo studio, which is sound for audio files, kind of like a Google Home Hub Max. I don't know, the one that sounds good. Uh, Google Echo Dot. Shouldn't they all sound good? Well, some sound great. You know audio file, I can tell. Okay. If you can say, shouldn't, don't they all sound good? This isn't for No, you. I'm saying, shouldn't they all sound good? I mean, I think depending on price, no. <laughs> Why do you want a speaker if, like, some of the little echo dots are so quiet, like my phone's louder? Why do I want that? I don't think you do. Just for the smart assistant, I think you, which I don't. I think you, then, would be the Echo Studio. Okay. Okay. They also came out with Echo Dot with a clock and Echo Glow, which is like an echo, but you can set it to glow in the morning to wake you up and glow off at night to have you sleep, I guess. Yeah. And Echo Flex, which is something that you can plug into a wall. So you have a plug and it goes right in the wall and you can communicate with whatever's going on in Alexa. And here we go. And then there's also an Amazon smart oven, convection oven, microwave, air fryer, food warmer, all this stuff that ties in to Alexa. Also, you can add celebrity voices. Oh my gosh. So Samuel L. Jackson, you could add their celebrity voices for a dollar each and you can. Whose voice would you add? That's a great question. Maybe Dustin Diamond? <laughs> he might be a good one. I don't know who's out there. I would do Angela Lansbury. Of course you would. Of course you would. Wouldn't you do any of the QVC anchors too? No, I can get them anytime I want. Angela Lansbury's like in hiding. Or maybe I'd do a sportscaster, like Ian Eagle or something like that. I, I don't, don't know, know that fella. Okay. Bob Costas? I know him. He had pink eye. Yeah, <laughs> double pink <laughs> eye. It was gnarly. All right, so here come the WTH products that they announced. And we'll put it on a scale of one to five and we'll call it the portal horizon scale in terms of bad products. So, so five I'm, is good. Yep. Five portal horizons is, is cringy. Wait, no, that's <laughs> confusing. Okay. Is one horizon or is five horizon? Uh, I think we all, I think <laughs> we all lose at this one. <laughs> so it's a portal horizon is the worst you can be. A five. Five okay. portal horizons is the worst you can be. So if it's a good product, it's a one. Correct. Okay. This is how WTH it is. And we're <laughs> using the portal horizon scale. Five portal horizons being the worst <laughs> and zero being this is fine. Okay. Oh, I can give a zero. Okay. Yes. Good to know. So first up, Ring Fetch. It is a dog tag for actual for dogs that uses a new Amazon sidewalk protocol that helps you be alerted when your dog leaves the vicinity and you can find. I don't hate that one. That's not using the scale. Two. Two on the Portal Horizon scale. Okay, next up, Echo Buds. Wire-free buds have a Bose noise reduction technology in them that you can turn on and off by tapping one of the earpieces, and you can get Alexa right into your ear holes while you're listening to music. Compared to the other ones, this one doesn't bother me that much either. I also thought it was cool. I don't know if this is already a thing, but they said you they were noise reducing or they didn't, they stopped before saying noise canceling, but they like shut out a lot of noise like Bose does. But if you tapped them, 
you could get rid of that feature. Yep, turn them on and off. That's cool. Yeah, and they're $130. So what is that on the Portal Horizon scale? One. Nice. Next, Echo Frames. <laughs> These are glasses that have a microphone so you can talk to Alexa, but no camera. It's just wearable technology that allows you to talk right to Alexa with your glasses. So the Echo Frames, they're going to be $180 a pair, and you can add a prescription. Okay, so um, I'm going to make my rating off of this sentence from the article, which was, if cramming Alexa into your ears isn't enough, how about putting Alexa directly on your face? That's a lot. We don't need this. Four. Okay, four on the Portal Horizon scale. And then lastly, Echo Loop. Echo Loop is a smart ring that is Alexa-enabled. I mean, why? It has two microphones, <laughs> a tiny speaker, and haptic alerts. So in the example, there was a man in the grocery store, and he just had his hand right up to his mouth and his ring. And then all it was was like, read me my grocery list. Imagine you go to the store with 20 items on your list, and you have to listen to or read the whole thing every time. It, uh, nobody needs this. Five. Five. What? Uh, my question is... How do people like Alexa so much? I don't. What's the point? And I just feel so bad for the people in the world that are named Alexa. It's a real name and nobody can, <laughs> they, their lives have been interrupted. Really? Nobody can talk to them on the phone without setting off their speaker. It's just bad. We need to start a fund. For the Alexa yes, of the world? the Alexa fund. You can tell we're not fans of Alexa because nothing's <laughs> happening <laughs> yeah. in our studio right now. All right. And that brings us to this week's Cool Tool. As a reminder, our cool tool is not an endorsement or paid mention. We're simply sharing something that we found in our travels that we think may be of use to our listeners. And this week's cool tool is from the SEO agency Onely, and they have launched a new JavaScript SEO tool suite that they're calling Onely Made for Geeks. And they have a lot of great names in here, not they just do. the geeks in the title. So the no, first you can you can tell they're actual geeks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love names. it. So the first one is called TGIF, and it stands for the Google Indexing Forecast. And you can find out if your HTML and JavaScript code are indexed by Google and how the current state of your website affects your SEO. And the next one is WWJD. It's not what would Jess do, which I'm saying a lot in her maternity leave, but it's what would JavaScript do. And you can compare what elements on your web page are injected by JavaScript. And then the last one is TLDR, which they're saying stands for too long, don't render. And you can calculate the rendering cost of your website. So these are three awesome tools that they introduced that anyone can take advantage of. Check out our show notes for the link. And best thing with these tools, they're all free. So head over to the show notes, check them out, no cost. Thank you, Onely. All right, and that brings us to our must-read marketing article of the week, an article so in-depth, so detailed, that we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. And this week's article comes from Robbie Richards over at the properly named RobbieRichards.com. <laughs> and he has an article called The 52 Experts Reveal Best SEO Reporting Tools and Must-Have Features. And so Robbie had a vote where he took a look at tools the experts liked the best. And there were some grading elements here, like a few of them were integration with third-party tools, the ability to have white-label reporting, the usability, and he made a list based off of the votes. I'm not going to give away any winners here, but my favorite part was that he showed the responses from those that took the survey. 
So you could see that Andy Crestodonia of Orbit Media Studios, Crestodina. I think that's right. Crestodina? Crestodinionia. Sounds right to me. It's okay. not the second one. He said. <laughs> no, 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 definitely not. Sorry, Andy. <laughs> but he said what we were talking about before plays into this. Alexa is an awesome tool for reporting. The audience overlap tool has a competitive keyword matrix that shows instantly and visually where the battle is being fought. I looked at this and said, I haven't used Alexa, which used to be the kind of standard for the most popular sites, in at least a year or more. I'm like, this has to be wrong. I went, and it's a whole new look over at Alexa. They have tools. There's things for $149 a month, 80 bucks a month, and it actually looks way better than it used to be. And cool. I was like, okay, this is this is cool. Thanks, Andy. And then there was another one I thought was stood out was from Amanda Shack of W Promote. She said, assisted conversions. It can be hard to show the benefit of a blog. And in this one, one of her tools she chose was analytics, Google Analytics. She said, by setting up a goal tracking for your main KPIs, I now easily show my clients that X percent of people that viewed the blog then went on to convert on the site. In most instances, this number has been shockingly high and a very impressive metric to report on. So get that and the insights of 50 other SEOs if you are looking for some tools. Thank you, Robbie. All right, that does it for today's show. It is now officially not Marketing O'Clock. Remember, you can catch everything from this show on marketingoclock.com. While you're there, please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock. If today's show was of value to you, please subscribe, leave a review, or share with a colleague. If you are looking for more information on today's topics, head over to marketingoclock.com for links to all the articles that we covered. Welcome to this week's episode of Shooting the Heck, where after our famous Friday news shows, we don't talk about marketing anymore. We just shoot the heck. This week, we're playing everybody's favorite game, Two Kinds of People, where we list something off and there's only two answers. It's binary. <laughs> two kinds of people. So first up, on two kinds of people, there are two kinds of people. People that keep the dealership license plate cover on their car and the people that don't. Oh, man. Are you talking about the thing that goes over your... You're yes, like, the cover I, to your license know plate. If mine's on, okay. <laughs> I think yeah, I, really came up with I don't even pay attention to that. That, that probably means it, on, it is. You are too. I'm trying to look at my car from here. I don't. I don't know. Probably. Okay. I had to recently get a car. A car for my wife, and and they had the dealer plate covers on there. And there's like directions on there, website. There's URLs on the thing. I'm looking at this like, why am I advertising? It drives me insane whenever I get a car that I'm free advertising for people. I take the name of the dealer off of it. I take the cover off. If you're putting that stuff on my car, you're paying me for it. You're also advertising like Chevy or whoever by having the logo. Well, I can't really little... take that off of it. You know, I, I can know. take off the fact that there's take take Highway 31F, get off at exit 26. <laughs> it's that go, detail. Yeah, it's that detail. <laughs> really? So I take that off immediately. It drives me insane. I agree in theory, but I'm just not going to do the work. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, next up, there's two kinds of people. People that drive to the end of their driveway to get mail from their mailbox <laughs> and people that walk. Two kinds of people. Okay, that depends on the length of your driveway. So what are you? It sounds like you've got a long driveway over there, Hope. I do have a long driveway, but I, I walk. 
Okay. It's a nice walk. My mailbox is in my building. Um, so do you drive your car into the building? No, okay. I would. Come on. Why would you drive your car to get your mail? Some people have really long driveways. Well, I can see myself like I'm on my way home. I pass the mailbox. I open it. I get it. If it's cold out in the winter, sometimes I will. Okay. I don't. I will, never, I will never do that. Park your car. Go have a nice stroll. <laughs> I see people stop traffic in the road to get their mail. Oh, that's bad. It's crazy. Have you ever seen some people's houses will be on one side of the street and then like they have to cross the street to get to their mailbox. That's wild. Wow. I would the never want to live there. Okay. There's two kinds of people. People that make it easy on the cashiers when they put all their groceries on the belt and people that don't make it easy. I know exactly what you mean. What does that mean? You so, sort your products. Yes. You might have fruits in one section. You might put maybe beauty items or things like that at the end. You have cereal in the middle, things that don't need to be refrigerated. You break up, you pre-break it up for the cashier, making it easy. Yeah, I do that. I do it. And it's also just something to do while you're waiting in line because yeah, wouldn't you I have such an urge to like put all my things on the belt right away and like cram things in even when there's no room. And there's no reason for it. Like I'm not getting anywhere faster. Right. So that's something else I can occupy my time with. I can organize I feel like there's no use for it because sometimes, or I don't know if I do it right, because I feel like the cashiers kind of rearrange it anyway. (laughs) I think I'm doing it right. Space in the bag. They are terrible at spacing things in the bag. They don't put anything in there. That's why there's so much plastic waste. They put (laughs) one roll of bread in one plastic bag, and I'm I'm like, okay, you can fit ten more things in there. (laughs) (laughs) Tops and (laughs) weapons. Have they ever asked you if you want milk in a bag? No, I don't. I haven't bought milk in a long time. I usually say keep it in the jug. Because you can hold the handle? Yeah, that's a joke. (laughs) Oh, you're going to pour it directly in the bag. I Uh, got it. (laughs) All right, and here comes the, the controversial one here. There are two kinds of people. People that post about their relationships on social media. Oh, boy. And people that don't. There is some gray area here. Yes. You need to be more specific. No, Two kinds of people. There. (laughs) Okay, then I guess I'm the one who posts about my relationship, but I'm not being obnoxious. No, 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 no. I don't think you're that kind of person. I think there's two types of people where you're obnoxious about it and you're not. Okay. Do you understand what I'm saying, Greg? I I do. Like, I'm overkilling it right now because I have wedding pictures. Okay. See, you're different, obviously. I, obviously, you just got married. That's that's a little bit different. But to me, whenever I see somebody post about a relationship, I immediately think there's a problem. Yeah. That's where I go to. I'm like, what happened? Mm-hmm. You know, when someone's <laughs> like, oh, Schnookums is the whatever, the yes. you know, light of my it's life. It's the bad captions with the terrible names and song lyric captions. Yes. Oh, I, mm. It's, but, they're not even funny. They don't even try to be witty. It's just gross, disgusting captions. They post about them all the time. They put them on their highlight stories 24-7. I'm the opposite. I'm, like, so worried about people thinking that I'm like that, that I, like, say nothing but bad things. Yeah, I'd rather someone be funny with their relationship. Together. Oh, and they celebrate every month. Happy six-month anniversary. Happy half a year. 
See, to me, I've seen so much of that, and then people just getting divorced. And then break they break up, up and yeah, get and divorced. And Those like, oh, are the people that end. And then you have to go back and delete everything. Yeah. Yes. Maybe it's just because it seems like you saw that, and then they were divorced. Maybe it seems like it resonates more. But to me, I always think it's like a cry for help. Like something is up. Oh, my gosh. My yes. wife does the same thing, too. She's like, did you see what happened? They posted <laughs> all this stuff. Are they okay? And I'm like... I don't know. It seems it seems like it's good. I don't know. There's it's some so middle annoying. ground there. But yeah, there's people that are definitely overkill. No, I think there's only two types. Overkill and not. I okay. just... Well, yeah. I hate those people. Normal humans. Normal humans. <laughs> yes, right. your relationship doesn't have to define your life. And can't you just tell the person this? Do you have Hashtag to tell them over take. social media? Yes. Keep something to- personal <laughs> between... like. Why do you have to tell everybody that they're your sugar bear? I don't understand. <laughs> if those people bear. are really that nice in person, like, I'm so glad I'm not in a relationship with them. Like, that just seems weird. That's just so weird. Why are you that nice to your significant other? Yeah. Everyone should be a wow. little bit mean to their significant oh, other. Oh, yeah. Wow. Thank you. Whoa. Good night. All right. <laughs> Some humble pie, you know. Yes. Oh, yes. boy. Heard it here first. <laughs> See you next week.